suspicion ski that's me and a man is it? a man who doesn't what are you, uh, what are you saying <laughs> a man who doesn't have a thing that doesn't draw attention to his bosom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have used that one for you had yeah. you not interrupted me yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i think if i hadn't used that one i was going to introduce you as a uh, he's either married or the pope no <laughs> but, yeah. anyways, can i be both you know not Currently, but I'm sure in the future. Actually, I believe uh, Nicole looked up some one time. The Pope doesn't have any kind of restrictions. It could be anybody, married or not. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, perhaps. It doesn't even have to be a priest. I mean, it just seems like it would be so unlikely. So, it would be unlikely. So anybody right. could throw their hat in the ring for that position? I don't know that it's necessarily you bid for it. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's do you have to collect choose. like 50 signatures or something? Or like, I don't know. what do you have to do to be considered? I, just, I mean, I, the cardinals are the ones who, who, choose, who yeah. choose them. So it's like you're basically elected by that group of people. So you butter up enough cardinals. And yeah, exactly. I'm talking literally. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say literally, do you mean cardinals as in like the red birds? <laughs> And, and you just have like really a, mean to put butter on them. Delicious like bird sandwich there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you deep fry them. Well, today uh, we're going to be going over uh, season seven, episode thirteen, the Pope's Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ski will be doing a recap today, uh, but uh, I do have a couple uh, listener interactions Yay. to mention. This is my favorite part of the episodes. Um, well, I had re- we had an episode that dropped a couple weeks ago. Um, in th- at this point, several weeks back, by the time people are listening yeah. to this. Uh, but I had put in my, you know, I, I typically do a weekly update. I, I always do a weekly update. I try to get it out on the day that the episode drops. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm a day or two behind. Yeah. Uh, but I put on this. I said, would Ski go back in time to take advantage of a young, supple, naive Brent? <laughs> you probably already know the answer, uh, mm-hmm. but you'll have to listen to confirm your suspicions mm-hmm. and then join us for an all-new episode. And um, the answer to that was yes. Like, we spent like a good 50 minutes talking about... Uh, I think so. I, I can't remember exactly what it was at this point now, but <laughs> something to that effect, I'm sure. I didn't um, like the fact that he prioritized taking advantage of a young, supple Brent over killing baby Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's important to him. Exactly. So. <laughs> you don't want to throw off all of history. Just <laughs> right. Just my own personal history. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jennifer did comment on that one, saying that uh, she thinks that if uh, she thinks if it were uh, reversed, that Brent would definitely go back in time and take advantage of a young, young supple ski. <laughs> that had to go way back. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I said I'd like to think they would take advantage of each other while I tried to convince myself that I didn't feel left out. <laughs> um, and then uh, one other one for today. Uh, 
we had a, a message. This was a direct message that we ended up getting in from uh, Lisa, a.k.a. Mermaiden. Hey, yay. How's uh, the baby doing okay? As far as I know, she okay. posts pictures on Instagram of the okay. baby regularly. Very, cool. very, uh, very cute baby. Very nice. God bless. Um, yeah. But she said, uh, hey, guys, there's a new Netflix show called Florida Man, Thought of You, oh, LOL. Nice. And I just said, uh, thanks for the heads up. I'm glad and sorry uh-huh. that you were reminded of us in your daily life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, is it a sitcom, a documentary? or? Um, I think that it's uh, – I, I actually do think it's something where they talk about the goofy stuff that happens in Florida. Gotcha. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I noticed it in passing. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what it looked like to me when I first looked, glanced at it. Yeah. Um, and of course, it did remind me of your segment that the mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Um, We've hit all the dates, I think. You know. Oh yeah. So you think that you've hit all the good Florida man stories mm-hmm. so far? Yeah. Yeah. Now I sent you guys a video a while back, didn't I, about the the mm-hmm. basically the origin of Florida man? I believe did so. Did you guys yeah. watch that or no? I did not get a chance. I think I watched it. It was kind of long. Yeah. I was, I felt bad about sending that one because like later on. Uh, you know how YouTube will like throw stuff in your algorithm, like, mm-hmm. oh, you might like this. Right. Yeah. There was a sh- uh, another video that basically told the same story mm-hmm. for like two minutes. Nah. <laughs> versus like <laughs> I think, yeah, versus I think the one I sent you was like uh, probably a better video, but it was like twelve minutes. It's like <laughs> that's a that's a big commitment. So, mm-hmm. but uh, if you want, I can regale you with how uh, yeah. that one uh, kind of came down. So, Florida's laws are a little bit odd, right? Mm-hmm. And Florida is just a strange place anyway. It's America's but, wang. Mm-hmm. Say what? America's wang. Wang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... From the Simpsons. Yeah. The way it goes down in Florida is that... Uh, <laughs> it's the third time you've said that sentence or <laughs> phrase, like, going down. <laughs> the way it goes down in Florida is uh, if someone is arrested or a crime is committed of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Other people are represented by two separate people, right? They probably are, yeah. but that's not the direction I was taking it. <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, I guess immediately a, a report has to be issued okay. and given to the media, oh, right? Okay. Gotcha. So that, you know, whatever issue yeah, yeah. is, as crazy as it may be, uh, the media has earlier access to yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And and generally speaking, there are a lot of things that happen in other states mm-hmm. that never really see the light yeah. of day yeah. because... You know, a report gets, you know, issued way later or yeah, it yeah. gets kind of buried, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. Unless it's really obscure. Yeah. Nowhere to hide in the sunshine state. Exactly. <laughs> but so because of that strange uh, rule, mm-hmm. a lot of times these very odd cases get mm-hmm. brought to the forefront immediately mm-hmm. and not overlooked or other things don't overshine as yeah. much. And so you get, you know, this good plethora of just oddities that pop out of the uh, yeah. cracks from Florida. Yeah. And uh, thus Florida Man was born. Yeah. That's why Brent does most of his uh, odd behaviors where the sun don't shine. So I don't think either of us have anything more to add. You don't, correct, Brent? Correct. I'm okay. good for right now. Okay, well then, Ski, you can take it away. All right. Yeah. Uh, season 7, episode 13, The Pope's Ring. Yes. Original air date, December 14th, 1991. Written by Kevin Abbott and directed by Lex Paceris. Do you remember who the gaffer was on this one? Didn't even look. Jim uh, Orthel. Oh, yes, because you said it was the same guy from the last one. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. For, you said Jim, right? Jim Orthel, yep. Jim Orthel. Yep. You know what that means, don't you? You got another shot at being MVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has been brought up in this episode now, right. so. 
the, the clock is ticking. I, are there enough episodes left I can run up his numbers and get him in the top spot? I'm not even going to allow it for last episode. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's coughing to death, but he still had like a tiny T-Rex arm that he was waving at us. I think he was trying to tell us to stop recording or something like that. As he... I, I assumed he wanted me to take a strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell just happened to him. I don't know, but I man playing with fire would eat those Doritos before we record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're really like... I can still hear him up there gasping yeah, yeah, for he's air. Yeah, three floors away. <laughs> uh, you can keep recording. I can yeah. fill time. Went to a baseball game last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. Indians game? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did they win? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we left in the eighth inning, and they were up nine to two. Oh, so. okay. Pretty safe bet. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine the Saints are going to rally. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, a broken bat. It was the craziest damn thing I'd ever seen. Pitch comes in, dude swings, bat breaks, okay? The ball makes it to the edge of the infield grass, okay? The bat itself makes it all the way to right field. Wow. <laughs> it was just this wooden projectile. I mean, you think it came out of, like, Blade's crossbow or right. something. That's an impressive swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you guys still taping? Yeah, yeah we're yeah. Still, still recording, but it was just so, funny the way that you tried to have us like cut the recording because <laughs> yeah. your hands just wildly flailing as you were yeah, dying. Like, I just I felt like sorry, like, <laughs> but it wasn't like a cut like like going you know like horizontal or whatever. You were like I don't know like <laughs> like sort of pointing downwards. It was like just sort of this effeminate sort of. Bob like, oh, mighty lands. <laughs> See, I thought this he was doing like a what is now completely uh, unacceptable. You well, know. that's what I thought at first. I was like, he is committed to this other sister bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you survived to finish the podcast. Yeah. So. So I just started like coughing. I can feel like weird, like like bubble in the back of my throat. I knew it was going to have a worse cough, so okay, well, mm-hmm. I figured best to excuse myself. Well, mm-hmm. well, Brent, uh, Brent riffed for a bit, so so you're still we're good to go. Yeah, we haven't even started the episode yet, technically, right? No, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about Lex Maceres and uh, Jim Ortho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ortho. Ortho. Yeah. Okay, so. Ortho is the guy from Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was uh, Otho. We'll have to look that up too. Yeah. Anyway, we open in the kitchen. Uh, Dorothy is Ski over there, mansplaining Tim Burton movies to me. <laughs> Dorothy is wrapping a gift on the island. When, uh, I know my Winona Ryder. <laughs> uh, she figures out that the uh, uh, the gift. Is, oh, sorry. Blanche enters. She figures out the gift is uh, for Rose's birthday. Mm-hmm. Dorothy jumps to an early defense, claiming that any time both of them. Uh, give a gift to someone. Blanche tries to demean Dorothy's present to make her own uh, look better to the recipient. Blanche makes some mildly condescending uh, comments about the rap job and asks if she got a Ziggy card. Mm. Dorothy says no, and then Blanche says, oh, is this a Snoopy card? 
uh, we see Dorothy rip an envelope in the half and dump it in the trash, claiming that I didn't get a card. <laughs> hey, I think Rose would enjoy a Snoopy card. I think like, so, too. It, Just because Blanche is talking shit about it doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. So, yeah, Pardon so, our dust. We're remodeling. This is a star-crossed episode. <laughs> <laughs> so she tears it up, says yeah. she didn't get a card. I'm sure people will hold us accountable in the iTunes reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finally get our one star or something. Yeah. <laughs> About damn time. I've been working for that one star. <laughs> uh, Blanche says she'll uh, just let Rose uh, open Dorothy's uh, first so she won't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, however, confidently puffs back that this year Blanche's gift will look bad in comparison. Uh, Blanche asks, you hate me because I'm beautiful, don't you? Mm-hmm. Dorothy dismisses her comment, reminding Blanche to go tend to her date before he leaves. It's like early in the morning at this point. Yeah. So you spent the night... Shocking, right? Mm-hmm. Scandalous, even. Sophia enters and announces her uh, bag of supplies uh, that she has gotten ready in the uh, preparation for a papal mass. We are told that the Pope. I don't like that expression. A <laughs> papal mass. mass. Yeah, seems like something you want removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like yeah. a pointy. Would it be like the the Pope's hat? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like a papal mass. Like a like it's like a polyp or something yeah. like that. On, yeah. on your papal area. Exactly. <laughs> your papal areas. <laughs> we are told that the Pope will be passing through Miami and uh, is hosting the service. Originally, Sophia had uh, two tickets to the Mass uh, for her and Dorothy to attend together. But the tickets were near the back, so Sophia traded in the two uh, far away tickets for one that was near the front. Dorothy is rather upset to hear this, of course. But uh, suggests uh, that they, oh, but Sophia suggests that maybe they could enter stacked on top of one another uh, with a long overcoat. Yeah. Uh, we see a lot of uh, the old classic cliche, like mm-hmm. people stacked up on each other kind of bit. Now I get, I mean, I guess you, you may get into why she chose to, you know, trade in her tickets so she could yeah. get closer to the Pope. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that, I guess. But it's still horrible. It's a horrible thing Seems to do. Seems like, like she could have at least asked her daughter. Exactly. You know, like, if this would be a pretty big deal for someone who is, you know, at all a devout Catholic or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, really, the Pope is a pretty huge worldwide celebrity, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be a pretty big deal for someone who it mm-hmm. meant something to. Yeah. Um, and to be like, oh, yeah, well, I just decided it was more important to me to try to get this blessing. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, she's still going. Yeah. So it's like, it's more important that I see him yeah, than you. Did. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I consider you to be the most devout Catholic I know, you know, okay. hands down. Okay. So you yourself, like if you had to choose or you got to choose, mm. okay, between meeting the Pope or meeting Adam West, who would you choose? Well, so this would... Uh, I, I suppose being a world where Adam West is still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I would choose to meet Adam West. Yeah, yeah. What if it was um, between Adam West and like Pope John Paul, like a a different, a better Pope than what we currently have? Well, I like the Pope we currently have better than any other Pope. Oh, really? He's yeah. your favorite of the Popes? Yeah, because I, I like the Pope that's more inclusive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so I think those are really positive things. I think yeah. that he's moving the faith in the right direction. Personally, yeah. Um, so if I was going to meet a Pope, he'd be the Pope I'd want to meet. Yeah. Um, Unless it was like John the Baptist or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, whoever the first pope was, but yeah, I don't I, think Saint I'm Paul. Per- Saint Paul, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not a particularly devout Catholic. Uh-huh. I mean, I we send our kids to Catholic school, but that's more because we like the quality of the school 
and the quality of the families in general that uh, we feel like are there. We think it's, it's elitist. I, I don't think it's elitist. <laughs> I, it's a smaller school, and I think that uh, there is a. Your kids don't have to associate with riffraff. Let's put it. Tell this me way. about those people. There are there's riffraff <laughs> there, but I think that it is a smaller percentage of uh -huh. riffraff, uh -huh. and so I think that public schools have plenty of great kids, more funding, mm -hmm. um, you know, better facilities and things like that. But we just feel like with a smaller group. That well, both you with. and Sherry went to Catholic school yeah. like your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. So I mean, that's a pretty. Mm -hmm. And look how fucking amazing I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'll say that's a, that's a... In all honesty, you look at the group of friends that I grew up around. Like, <laughs> I, I never got in any trouble with the law and didn't get in any mm -hmm. trouble with, like, drugs or alcohol, things yeah. like that. So I feel like that my personal um, experience with it, I, you know, avoided a lot of pitfalls that uh, someone could still avoid in public school, too. But I feel like there's more pitfalls to avoid. Mm -hmm. So at the risk of playing devil's advocate here... As you always do. <laughs> okay. Um... You're supportive of the current pope because of how inclusive he is, mm -hmm. but don't you feel that by sending your kids to Catholic schools, you're being kind of exclusive? Uh, I mean, I suppose, uh, but I'm not trying to exclude them. Like their their school is pretty diverse as far mm -hmm. as I mean, it's diverse as far as the um, number of Catholics versus Gentiles, or <laughs> it, it's diverse as far as Catholics uh, are Gentiles. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> think of what, what's the word for non-Catholics? Um, Heathens, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catholics versus non-Catholics. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it is not diverse in that regard, but it's diverse uh -huh. as far as like the racial um, background. There's, okay. you know, it's it's very integrated okay. school as far as that goes. Uh -huh. I would also say that uh, financially, it's actually very uh, diverse. Like there are scholarship kids as well as exactly, gotcha. and, and there's now in Indiana, there's this choice scholarship thing that mm -hmm. makes it. Um, to where a lot of kids can go to Catholic school or private school in general for yeah. either. I, I do realize the issues with that because it takes money away from public schools, and mm -hmm. I don't like that either. But but that said, it does level the financial playing field for people who want to send their kids to a Catholic school. Yeah, but I don't know that you know the taxpayers should be subsidizing that. The taxpayers aren't subsidizing that. The taxpayers just aren't. The people who send them there aren't devoting their tax dollars to your kids' schools. Well, no, but I don't think that's true. I think it is. Yeah, like the the public school system, you know, is set up, you know, to fund, you know, for all the kids of the state, you mm -hmm. know, but you're denying funding to that. Not you, but like people who are taking advantage of those scholarships and grants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. you're, you're thinking that they're just having their money get routed to a different school. Yeah, basically. I mean, that, that's essentially the idea behind it. But it's a zero-sum thing. I mean, you got to take it from someplace. Right. So you're taking it from the public schools. I mean, essentially, yeah, it comes down to the idea. And, and again, I, I see the pitfalls of it, and as soon as I'm no longer benefiting from it, then I don't know that I'll support it as much. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Or at least my school. But anyways, I... Uh, I absolutely get the argument against it. And I think there's huge issues when it comes to public um, funding for education. That should be the highest priority. And it should be on an even playing field. I think that there's big problems with the fact that it's funded by you know, local areas to where an area mm -hmm. that is affluent has a lot better funded schools than areas mm -hmm. that are poor. That yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. This is the most ridiculous thing Agreed. we have in our country. Um, 
but that said, like, I think at least the justification of it is like, okay, well, if you were, you know, if you're paying into the system, the money that you pay into the system for education should be able to go to whatever school you want your child to be educated at. And so that's, that's the justification of the choice scholarship thing they do. Yeah, but it's a choice. You're choosing to send your kid to a different school, mm-hmm. but you're asking other people to subsidize that. No, I'm asking other people to subsidize their own kid's school, and my tax will subsidize my kid's school. Assuming that... But in your situation, I definitely think that the amount that you're paying for property taxes is you know, equal to or greater than the amount you're getting for the choice scholarship. Sure. Okay. But I definitely think that there are situations where, you know, the individual is not paying, you know, property tax or not paying in the equivalent that they're getting back, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So in that situation, you know. No, I I understand what you're saying. We've cut so much of this because this is so (laughs) fucking boring now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want me to unplug my mic again? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I just, think, I'll I think the people are now. riveted. Uh, you're right. Um, anyway, I don't even remember what got us onto this conversation to begin with. Um, we were talking about you'd pick Adam West over any pope. Okay, yes. So let's go back to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would rather meet Adam West. Again, I'm not a, a devout Catholic. I, we send our kids to Catholic school mostly because... We just like the learning environment better. And so that's why the we culture. choose to send them there. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. And you guys have both got really good experiences from growing up. And so I think that colors the way you see education in general. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- we're just going by our own history, our own experience. Mm-hmm. So okay. I've seen the hooligans you raised. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's just kind of where we fall on that. So mm-hmm. even though... Because, like, we don't go to Mass on a regular basis. You're a more devout Christian than I am, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, though you're not Catholic. You're mm-hmm. far more devout um, yeah. as a Christian than I am. And Ski is a more devout Catholic, I would say, than I am also. I think, at least he used to be. I don't know how frequently he goes to Mass anymore. But Not often. I pray every day. I mean, very often, actually. But I would say I don't go to church nearly as much as I think I should. And I actually, I have very un- unorthodox views on religion anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I very much don't believe in the idea of... Uh, a sun god anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> I believe all the religions can be right. I think that God and his... Just depends or, on the day of the week. Well, I think <laughs> I think that there could have been many messengers sent down to try to spread the good word, um, and that it appealed to different people in different ways, mm. and that's fine. And I think that all the religions can also have misinterpreted messages mm-hmm. and whatnot. Speaking um, of the days of the week... Most of the days of the week are actually named after gods. Like Thor's day is Thursday, right? Okay. Uh, like Monday, uh, I believe, was actually from uh, Moon. Okay. Moon day. Okay. That was like after the moon god, I believe. Uh-huh. Sunday, sun god. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that I'm like, I would not consider myself to be devout for uh-huh. one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I may pay into the system. Uh-huh. That helped the machine continue to go, mm-hmm. but it's only because of self-serving reasons. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Right. Do you have anybody else you want to see if I'd More like to meet education. instead of the Pope? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'd meet Adam West over the Pope. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd meet Adam West over Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I'd be more excited about that, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I, and I don't have any negative feelings towards Joe Biden. Yeah, same, same. Like, I think 
I think that'll be like on, on my deathbed. You know, my big regret. It's like, man, I wish I would have met Adam West. Honestly, that is high. <laughs> I think that'll be high on my list yeah. too because I could have, yeah. like, I could have gone to. Yeah, he was here in town. Yeah, I could have gone and paid eighty bucks and got mm-hmm. a picture and an autograph from yeah. him. And I'm like, why the fuck did I spend eighty dollars yeah. on that? Like, what a dumb mm-hmm. reason. Like, what a dumb way to save money. Yeah, I can't not imagine meeting Adam West. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine walking away from that encounter yeah. feeling worse about myself. Yeah. Yeah, so Stanley, I feel the same way about. Like, I wish yeah. that... Now, granted, it would have been more, cause, but there was an opportunity to go for a meet-and-greet with Stanley for, like, I think $200, mm-hmm. which, again, in retrospect, 200 bucks is not that much for someone who's one of the creators that yeah. has had a pretty significant impact yeah. on the entertainment that I like. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure, you know... I'm sure there were a great many years where it'd been like forty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. had some he had some downtime yeah, <laughs> or some down some years. Lean years before <laughs> yeah. able to get a much better deal. Exactly. <laughs> Go to the Holiday Inn by the airport. <laughs> right. But even on the upswing, I still feel like it yeah. would have been worth it. Uh, but yeah. the Adam West ones are the bigger. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those two are big regrets for mine. And then yeah. Ski and I and Jane, like our group of high school, grade school friends. We always enjoyed uh, Manute Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Manute Bowl? I remember he was the poor man's Larry Bird. <laughs> I don't think Not he was a poor man. <laughs> <laughs> he was a basketball player also, but he was very tall, and he was very lanky, and he kind of looked like the guy from Street Fighter who could stretch his limbs. Yes. Um, he just mm-hmm. he just had this rubbery look to him. Yeah. Um, was he the one in the commercials? I don't remember him ever being in a commercial. Like Allstate or something? Not that I recall. Like the two guys playing the guitar and he's like, you this were my house now. Years no, that years was Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, we're not talking about him? No, we're talking about Manute Bowl. Yeah, Dikembe Mutombo's. Dikembe Mutombo? Okay. But not him. Manute Bowl is who we're referring to. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> who was the second one? <laughs> so Manute Bowl appeared at an Indianapolis ice game. I did not okay. find out about it until after the fact, but I could have gone and gotten like a picture. He was... Like, signed a contract to be the tallest uh, hockey player in history or something like gotcha. that. He could barely even get on the ice because of his, he was kind of older and broken down at yeah. that point. I mean, I say older. I think he was in his 40s, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is where we're at now. What, for, what would Minute Nikimbe's celebrity couple name be? Okay, Dikembe <laughs> is the name you're trying to come up with. Um, but uh, Dikembe? Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Or... Uh, Manute Bay? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brent, can you guess what the name... So, Manute Bowl's son is in the NBA now. He's actually better than Manute Bowl was as far as stats and whatnot. Uh Do you want to give a guess what his name is? Obviously, you know the last name. Manute Bowl. (laughs) That's a good good guess. (laughs) His name is Bowl Bowl. (laughs) Oh, is it really? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Is it still B-O-L? Yeah, B-O-L, B-O-L. I don't know what his middle name is, but... I'm hoping for Bowl. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope so too. Yeah, Dikembe or uh, Manute Bowl died at a young age. Um, mm. I think he was in some sort of an accident. And mm. uh, well, also helicopter crash. Something that happened in Africa. I believe it was a vehicle crash, but I don't think it was helicopter. I think mm. it was a land vehicle. Or something. I don't know that he would have lived all that long anyway. Didn't he have heart problems from his gigantism? Oh, like Andre the Giant. Kinda. Uh, not that I recall, but it's uh, possible. Um, I thought uh, he suffered from that. I thought. Um, uh, Daryl Strawberry? No. <laughs> Although he did have gigantism in he The did. Simpsons. He did. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember his guy's name. Magic Johnson? No. It doesn't matter. So it's a really tall white guy. He's like seven foot seven. Detlef Shrimp? 
Nope, nope. Is George Mirasan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think he had that as well. He might have. Um, and I was wrong anyway. Manute Bull died from acute kidney failure and complications from Stevenson's Johnson syndrome. So there you go. Is that because his kidneys were so far away from his Johnson? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> when you're that tall, exactly. <laughs> Those toxins out, out fast exactly. enough. Exactly. <laughs> They're practically a different area code. <laughs> All right. Well, we're 30 minutes in. Yay. And <laughs> he's, I think, about a paragraph in, yeah. Not even half the paragraph, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I got 15 pages left. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah, Dorothy uh, is mad because Sophia got uh, traded in her two tickets to just one so that Sophia could go alone. Um, and she suggested, hey, we can stack each other up. And Dorothy doesn't like this idea. Right. Sophia explains that she needs to get close to the Pope. So he'll come and bless her friend, uh, Agnes, who is currently in the hospital. Blanche tells her that it's a sweet sentiment with all those people there and attending. Uh, the Pope is very unlikely to notice her. Sophia, however, disagrees and then pulls out a big yellow foam hand, uh, the kind that you'd probably see at a sporting event. Right, yep. Um, so actually, I, I lied. That was over half the paragraph. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we changed scenes. Dorothy and Blanche are sitting on the couch reading when uh, Rose arrives home. They hop up and uh, go to greet her. Blanche gives her a big hug and wishes her a happy birthday. Dorothy then comes from behind and basically throws Blanche to the side and wishes Rose an even happier birthday, mm-hmm. giving her a hug so tight it begins to hurt her. <laughs> she the re- best kind of hug. <laughs> she releases her death squeeze and insists <laughs> that she open her gift before doing anything else. Dorothy enthusiastically hands over the... Uh, the present to Rose, who tries to awkwardly begin ripping the paper, but Dorothy shows her that she can simply lift the top off. All right. Rose opens the box and first assumes it's a uh, secondhand sweater with her name misspelled on it. <laughs> Dorothy corrects her and tells her that she bought this at an auction, and it's actually an authentic Mickey Mouse Club sweatshirt worn by Roy, whom she held quite an affection. I looked it up. Roy Williams was an adult member of the Mickey Mouse Club, and an artist for Walt Disney uh, making making animated shorts. He also credit, is credited with designing the now iconic mouse ears that are sold at Disney parks. Oh, wow. And uh, over 100 military insignias uh, for the U.S. troops during World War II. Very cool. Uh, side note, he looked like a mixed, uh, mixture of Ed Asner and Tony Soprano. Mm, that's a good looking <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> I'd have to say, I don't know what... Um, like what the memorabilia market was like back uh-huh. in you know 1992, uh-huh. uh, but I'd have to think that something of that nature would be worth so much money today. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Like Dorothy might have only paid a hundred bucks or something for it, yeah. but I bet today you could probably get ten grand for it or something oh, like definitely. that from a Disney fan. Yeah, D- Disney people, they buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I, could, I know that they've had a big auction not too long ago um, for a lot of stuff from Disneyland, and mm-hmm. um, there were some. There's some pretty cool stuff in that auction, but yeah, a lot of it went for incredibly high prices. Yeah. So Rose opens up this pretty cool sweatshirt, and she says that she can't imagine a better present. Dorothy agrees, and then prompts Blanche to go ahead and give hers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Blanche asks if Miles has recently purchased any bikini underwear. Rose admits that he has, but specifies just the bottoms. Right. Uh, She continues saying that she has observed a few things that he's done recently. And uh, he's been trying to feel young and trendy. This is Blanche talking. She suggests that uh, he may be going through a midlife crisis and that may he may even entertain the idea of cheating on Rose. Thus, 
She has purchased uh, the services of a detective to follow Miles around for two weeks and find out. Mm-hmm. Dorothy points out the obviousness that this is a horrible gift, the gift of suspicion. Yeah, yeah it really is awful. Rose mm-hmm. says that uh, she can't use it, and Dorothy agrees, pointing out that it violates the trust in their relationship. Blanche claims that Dorothy is just trying to make the sweatshirt look better and adds that uh, she can't return it because she's paid for it with nature's credit card. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dorothy concedes that Blanche never leaves home without it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my favorite line of the episode. That, that was, was one of my top ones, too. Uh, Rose, uh, Rose tells Blanche that she's never uh, given her a reason not to trust him, but Blanche immediately points out that... Uh, being in the witness protection program, he basically lied about everything yeah. in his life. Rose do- then turns to Dorothy and says, it is already paid for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we change scene again. Uh, later on, Rose and Miles are going out onto the lanai. Rose loudly states what they are doing. Uh, confused by this odd behavior, Miles looks around and uh, mimics her by adding that we will probably be sitting in these chairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he asks Rose why they just announced their actions. Rose asked if it seemed strange, and he told her, yes, a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then proceeded to sit down next to her and tell her that he was feeling a bit frisky and asked if she'd ever had sex outdoors. He actually said, I thought it was odd, he says, have you ever made love in the out-of-doors? Yeah. It's a, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was a typo or just a misspeak. Or I, just mean, the way I it think was some written. people say it yeah, that I way. Think I've heard it's, it. I think it's an older, older-timey version Maybe. of saying that. yeah. I've heard more people say out of doors than I've heard say loin of pork. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I agree with that. Good callback. That's, that's Thank very you. Uh, so it, Rose seems taken aback at first, but then admits that she did once, and she and Charlie had visited uh, Mount Pushover. Mm-hmm. Miles claims that no one is watching, and at that moment a pair of arms holding a camera pop over the uh, top of the lanai wall and snap a pic. <laughs> Why in the fuck would he be doing it there? Like, what a waste. He's in the place where you know exactly where he is at, well, that, exactly he's what he's doing. Flash. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too. But just the whole idea that it's like, this is not where I need you to track Miles at. Yeah. I'm like, you need to watch two Miles. Weeks is two weeks is two weeks, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Miles wastes two weeks living the straight and narrow. <laughs> I say, he too, wants, like. He uh, wants a solid, uh, you know, timeline to show. <laughs> right. Like, credit where it's due, two weeks of labor for whatever Blanche did for that guy, that is the hell of a <laughs> price true. to pay. Uh, Rose points out that the uh, girls are inside, but he tells her that's what makes it exciting. Another picture is taken. <laughs> Rose stands up and tells Miles that there's a detective in the bushes. He interprets this as role-playing <laughs> scenario and says, that's perfect. Uh, he continues with the details, but Rose stops him and insists that there really is a detective in the bushes then directs him to come out. Uh, the man says back that he's not really supposed to reveal himself. Ultimately, he awkwardly stands up and says hello. Uh, Rose explains that Blanche got her to the detective as a present, afraid that uh, he might be cheating on her. All right. Miles concedes that Blanche is a good friend and was probably just looking out for her. Rose says uh, that she's glad he isn't mad at her, but he clarifies that he is mad at Rose for breaking the trust between them. The photographer suggests that uh, they get a quick birthday pic, mm-hmm. but Miles storms off. Miles passes Sophia coming into the house as he's quickly headed out. She tries to tell him something, but he simply says, later. <laughs> Rose follows quickly behind. When Sophia tries to talk to her, Rose dismisses her also and darts out the door. Lastly, Sophia sees her daughter and tells her that she can't breathe. Dorothy stops reluctantly, but says, this better be good. <laughs> 
Uh, Sophia holds up her hand and says that she has the Pope's ring. Yep. Dorothy assumes it's a gag and tells her mother to go ahead and you know squirt her in the eye. Uh, when she realizes it's authentic, though, she asks how this happened. Sophia tells her that the, at the papal mass, she limped into the crippled and lame section to get the uh, blessing for Agnes. When the Pope approached her, security suddenly took him away, and the ring slipped off, adding that he has very sweaty palms. Dorothy insists that they return it immediately. Sophia says that uh, this may be her chance to perform a miracle or her shot to get into the Bible. Mm. Uh, Dorothy bursts out, Ma, the Bible is a done deal. Yeah, I like that line. She continues saying that the ring is so old and steeped in tradition that it makes even her look middle-aged, <laughs> which was one of my, I think that was one of my favorite lines, too. Yeah, it was good. Sophia looks down, somewhat embarrassed, and agrees to return it. Uh, her daughter pats her on the shoulder and turns away. Uh, Sophia talks, takes, the, uh, takes her hand with the ring on it and waves it over a glass of water sitting on the coffee table saying, Wine! <laughs> Dorothy looks back to see this, and Sophia claims, Worth a shot. <laughs> I enjoyed that moment. Yeah. Uh, we change scene again. Rose enters the kitchen uh, from the garage and tells the girls that she finally convinced Miles to forgive her after promising over and over never to doubt him again. Blanche responds by stating that uh, she has the detective report and thinks she should look at it. Rose immediately complies. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy is uh, surprised by her willingness to listen to it, but Rose insists that she wants to hear it as proof that they can all trust Miles. Blanche reads that uh, uh, he has an appointment for surgery in the morning. Rose jumps to the conclusion that he would have told her if it was not important and that his, quote, living for the day attitude must mean that he's not certain that there will be a tomorrow. Right. Just then, Sophia comes in and asks the girls if they have seen a historic jewel-encrusted ring lying around. <laughs> uh, we've changed scene. We see Dorothy and Sophia are in the living room. Dorothy is kind of looking around while her mother laments that she'll never make it to heaven to see Sal. Dorothy suggests that she simply retrace her steps to find the ring. Sophia replies that she napped on the couch, on the bed, and on the lanai. Says that she was so busy it was a blur. <laughs> I put that as my favorite yeah, line. Yeah, that's solid. That's a good line. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia suggests that they simply hope it turns up in a day or two. Right. This wording catches Dorothy's ear. She tells Ma that that's the same language she used when she was missing her gold bracelet, but then miraculously got some fancy fillings. Yeah. And he says, are these fillings or are these fillings? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy claims to know that her mother is, uh, is not, did not lose the ring. But just, is, go ahead. I don't know. Just one of those things that, if anybody should know how fleeting gold fillings are, it's Sophia. After right. what Sal pulled. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought that was an interesting callback. But yeah. like just, it's just an episode later, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but she try, She tells her she's not lost the ring, but is lying so she can go ahead and keep it. <laughs> he threatens to turn oh. her upside down and shake her. Sophia caves eventually and hands it over, saying that she was just keeping it long enough to ensure Agnes would get her blessing. Dorothy shames her mother, saying that she should have known better in the importance of the ring, and she intends to give it back tomorrow. Rose enters, arguing with Blanche, who asserts that she should go to the hospital to see Miles. Rose contends that if, she wanted, if he wanted her there, he would have told her about the surgery. Rose asks Dorothy uh, to back her up, but Blanche tells her uh, friend that she, be, she should come to her for uh, help with men and asks Dorothy when it's grammar she needs help with. Mm. Dorothy asks if she's ended that sentence on a, with a preposition just to bother her. Mm -hmm. Blanche responds, what would I do that for? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Blanche then begins to tell a story of the steamy South, but Sophia keeps interrupting, telling Dorothy that if she gives the ring back, she'll get the blessing for her, too. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Blanche says the mood is ruined and simply says the story would have involved a men's club, a vine rope, and a bottle of absorbentine, absorbine junior, (coughs) which is a pain relief product, apparently. Oh, okay. Dorothy scoffs at the implication that this story could have even possibly helped Rose. However, Rose then tells the girls that she sees it clearly now, and she will be at the hospital for surgery, (coughs) uh, for mild surgery. Rose walks back to her room, and Blanche follows in that same direction, saying, and she still hasn't worn your sweatshirt, <laughs> just to rub it in. See, I just don't think you'd wear that sweatshirt, though. I mean, that's Yeah, a... you freaking put that in a frame, I think. Yeah, but... uh, anyway, the chain scene again. Sophia tells Dorothy that she contacted the church and that the Pope would be there shortly to pick up the ring. Uh, she tells her that she was very clear that the, that the Pope didn't arrive personally. They would not get the ring back. Blanche is worried about what to wear for a papal visit. I think she says, I don't have anything that doesn't accent my bosom, right? Yeah. And then I uh, think uh, Sophia says, try not wearing makeup. Right. Right. Uh, but Dorothy claims that the Pope doesn't make house calls. The doorbell rings and Sophia goes to answer it. A priest enters and uh, she announces that he's not the Pope. He responds back, yeah, that's true. He's not, at least not yet. But you never know. When the smoke will blow your way. Right, yeah. <laughs> I like that line. That was solid, yep. Dorothy gets up, hands over the ring, and tells him to please take it back. Uh, Sophia makes a plea for the Pope to visit and bless Agnes. The priest then tells him that he is not able to make individual visits, but a prayer will be said. Uh, and he leaves. Sophia feels jaded, and Dorothy apologizes, knowing that the blessing meant a lot to her. Uh, just then, Rose comes into the room grabs her coat and heads out saying that she's going to visit Miles. Sophia says that she'll go with her and visit Agnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she stops to tell Dorothy that if she's not back soon, it probably means that her friend passed away and it would be her fault and that she would be a murderer. Yeah. And Dorothy, then, <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah, just then Dorothy replies, enjoy, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, scene change. We see Rose entering a hospital room and sees a man completely wrapped in bandages. Mm-hmm. She hears Miles' voice and believes that he's throwing his voice to entertain her, even in his infirm state. Right. Miles pipes up again, though, and clarifies that he's in an adjoining bed behind a curtain. Rose picks up the flowers he's just given to the bandage patient and heads over to see Miles. He asks her why. <laughs> he asks her why she's there, because he didn't want her to seem like that. She tells him that uh, she had come uh, and wants to tell him that she loves him and that you know there will be. No other man after. His eyes get all big, and he shoots a look of concern and tells her that, you know, he's only there for his eyes. Uh, She says, I will be your eyes. (laughs) He specifies, no, 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 I mean the bags under my eyes. He says, I will be your bags. (laughs) He clarifies further, though. He says, no, 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 I'm there for cosmetic surgery. He explains that he feels old, and it's made worse by working on a college campus. She tells him that he's uh, never, or she's never worked on a college campus, but was part of an experiment once. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells him that for three days they doubled her IQ with some kind of IV, IV full of smart juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took her from forty to eighty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose tells him that uh, she supported him on uh, if he really wants to get that surgery, but asks why he didn't tell her. He admits that he was embarrassed and wanted it to be a kind of a subtle change. Kind of like dyeing your hair gradually. Rose then states that uh, she didn't know he dyed his hair. And he corrects her saying, my hair is gray. It's been gray since we met. 
Mm-hmm. She points out that it is pretty gradual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she tells him that uh, she's just glad that he's okay and agreed not. They 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 ultimately agreed not to fight anymore. Right. Uh, just then, he asks how she even knew he was there. Rose stands up indignant, indignantly. I can't talk today. <laughs> uh, and it's like they're about to jump into another fight. She's like, that didn't last long. Sophia then enters the room. She tells Rose that Agnes is about the same and asks how Miles is. Uh, she tells him, or she tells her that he's just there for cosmetic surgery. She looks at him and says, about time. <laughs> she then goes to the bathroom and grabs his chart as reading material. Rose uh, sees a small crowd in the hallway just as the Pope walks by. Mm-hmm. She asks the same priest that we'd seen from earlier if that's who uh, she thinks it is, and he assures her that it was the Pope. Miles tells her not to stop him as, you know, he's just there for crow's feet. The priest admits, yeah, he doesn't worry about that, but that he is here to bless the uh, more infirmed patients. Rose rushes to the bathroom door and tells Sophia that the Pope is there. Uh, Sophia says back that she's been waiting this for her whole life. Mm-hmm. Rose misunderstands and says, oh, I'm sorry, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> sorry for disturbing you. Yeah. And we got uh, one last scene change. Rose and Sophia get home. And Sophia immediately tells her daughter about the miracle that the Pope did visit the hospital and bless Agnes. She admonishes her daughter's lack of faith. Lance says that she must feel very special. Sophia agrees and says, and hungry. And she tells Rose that they should head to the kitchen and prepare some loaves and fishes. Rose stops to tell the girls that she had be- or Rose stops to tell the girls that the Pope had beautiful eyes. And Sophia tells them, Yeah, all the cute guys are either married or popes. Yeah. And then we end. But we do see in the post-credit scene, uh, Sophia and the Pope playing cards. Uh, after one hand, he hands her over the hat, and she asks if he might win back that ring. He nods and then hands the card deck to her. She tells him that, nah, she doesn't need to cut it. She trusts him. Right. And that's where we end. Very nice. Uh, we had, I think, uh, four guest actors in that episode. Um, we had Harold Gould in his 11th of 13 episodes as Miles. Uh, we had uh, Stephen Gilbin. Uh, he played the priest. This is his second of two Golden Girls. Uh, we also saw him uh, as Howard in uh, Ebb Tide from Season 5, Episode 11. Uh, we also had uh, Fred McCarran. He was the detective. Uh, 40 titles for him. This was his only Golden Girls. Um, he was on six episodes of something called Shell Game, which I didn't recognize. And he played uh, the role of Richie in Xanadu, which was a movie that Sherry liked quite a bit when she was a child. Mm-hmm. With the Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm, exactly, yep. And a lot of uh, roller skating, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and a soundtrack. Uh, Sherry had it uh, originally, or at least when she was younger, wanted to be a professional roller skater when she grew up. Hmm. So they had a basement that, uh, you know, had like a concrete floor. And I guess they would do a lot of uh, tricks and whatnot, trying mm. to practice for their future gotcha. in the roller skating industry. <laughs> I am um, friend of a friend got into roller derby. Oh yeah, really big um, a few years ago. Um, so much so that they like relocated to Cincinnati and like joined their roller derby oh, team. Wow. Like they made it onto that. A friend of mine that I used to work with, uh, Yolanda was her name, uh, the only white woman I'd ever known named Yolanda, mm-hmm. um, but she was into roller derby as well. Mm-hmm. But apparently, you know, it is a quite violent sport yeah, that yeah, causes yeah. quite a bit of injuries. Yeah. What was her roller derby name? Do you know? I know she told me at one point, but yeah. it's been a while. I don't it's remember. Like Miss Mayhem or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. It's been, because she left Circle K before I did, um, and I've been gone from there for, you know, closing in on a year now. Yeah. Um, and I want to say it's probably been four or five years since. Gotcha. So, yeah, so okay. it's been a while. But. Yeah, yeah. And then we also had uh, uh, Eugene uh, Graytech. He played the Pope. 
Uh, 21 titles were his name. This is the only episode of the Golden Girls, and all of his credits are as the Pope. Yeah, I was going to say, he actually, I looked it up, he had uh, quite a uh, list of Pope-type yeah. roles. Yeah, but, well, I, I should I should uh, restate that there was one role that he was His Holiness, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> and not specifically the Pope. So, uh, let's see here. So, oh, I guess, uh, so, Ski, do you have a story for us here in a moment? I do. Okay, well, everybody's... saving it for last, though, right? Yep, so stick around for a second, folks. So, we'll, we'll do our uh, ratings and MVPs now. Uh, who got your MVP for that episode, Ski? We gave it to Dorothy. I said uh, she gave an awesome and thoughtful gift, originally, I thought. Uh, she steered her mother towards doing the right thing, and she was even happy for her mother when things worked out with a blessing. Very nice. How about you, Brent? Who was your MVP? Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with... No. I mean, it's just a tough one. The Pope? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. We'll go and go with the Pope. Very nice. Um, just because um, he was a card shark, you know, and I like that. <laughs> he was losing. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think he was a card shark. No, that's Why how he, he baits you. Ah, okay. That's yeah. you think he's losing. Then. Plus he was playing fair. Oh, you know, okay. <laughs> he could have been easily cheating, you know. <clears throat> well, I think then he's just a card player. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he gets the qualification of a shark because he's playing fair um, and losing. So, well, I gave mine to Rose. I thought it was a good Rose episode. I thought she was pretty funny throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Even though she was sort of, I don't know, impugning Miles' good name. Uh, you know, I think that when you look at the, his his sordid past, that is true. I think it's fair, um, especially that he was acting weird. She so. did almost instantly admit it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then beg for forgiveness for. I mean, I, I can see why he'd be upset, but she didn't really do the the the, the wronging, in my opinion. Yeah, she didn't pay for the, uh, the detective herself. Yeah, exactly. Or with nature's uh, <laughs> credit, credit card. card yep. <laughs> that would have been a betrayal. And then how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you, Brent? Like three and a half. Not, not a big fan of yeah, it? That was just, all right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, yeah, Ski? I gave it six and a half. Yeah. I didn't like that Blanche would give such an intrusive present, but I thought it was a relatively entertaining episode. Yeah. I liked that it had all the girls quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, I gave it five. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a little better than average, but nothing's you know to write home about it, per se. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess overall we average out to probably write a little bit above a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe about a five. Probably a three fall out, right? But through no fault to Jim Wortham. Yeah, I would definitely agree. <laughs> the, the gaffing was unparalleled. You didn't see any lights <laughs> falling down or anything. Not exactly. Um, all right. Well, we've got all our uh, you know, eyes dotted and T's crossed. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to hear a little story about St. Olaf, if you don't mind. Would T. you? Yeah. Brent, would you too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Once upon a time in St. Olaf. Yay. Pop. The gun fired and the girls took off. A little onomatopoeia to start off with. <laughs> Rose's vision narrowed and all she saw was the lane in front of her. She pushed as hard as she could, remembering to control her breathing as she learned. She knew she had to have time to jump right or she'd stumble. That happened too many times in practice, she thought. Hitting those hurdles hurts like a dickens. <laughs> she approaches the first hurdle and adjusts her stride up and over, making sure to tuck her back leg on the jump. The next hurdle... Again, up and over. The next again, she clears it. But the fourth and final hurdle, her back leg catches the uh, top bar and trips her up. She stumbles to the ground, but is able to catch her balance and get back up quickly. She sprints the last leg of the race and crosses the finish line. Only now, she allows herself to look to the side and realize she came in third place out of five girls. 
Not bad, she thought to herself. Her close friend Marjorie Marie McFlugan Hauser Sovin, who mm-hmm. is both Scottish and Norwegian descent, hobbles up to her. She came in dead last, having hit all four hurdles in dramatic fashion. Rose, that was awesome. I didn't see the whole thing because I was on the ground a lot. <laughs> but it looks like you only hit one hurdle. That's so much better than practice. Rose turns to her friend, blushing a bit, and thanks her for the vote of confidence. Uh, then she notices that Marjorie's knees are both bleeding with severe scrapes. She places her shoulder under hers and helps Marjorie walk to the sidelines and over to the sports trainer's tent. They saw them coming and had already begun to repair the traditional St. Olaf injury wrap. They use a harsh astringent to burn out the germs and then wrap it with a wool and cotton blend of gauze. The old saying was, if it itches, it's healing right. <laughs> While getting wrapped up, Marjorie asks Rose what made the difference for her today. Rose looks at her friend with a big smile and tells her that she's got a date with Charlie Nylon and she felt like she was floating during the race. She glances up to the bleachers and waves. Charlie waves back and hollers at Rose, but she can't quite hear what she said. She walks a bit closer and asks him to repeat. Charlie walks down to the bottom of the bleachers and smiles. He tells her, Rose, you ran the wrong race. You're supposed to be in this one. Pop! It was too late, though. She'll have to live with her dis- disqualified third-place finish. Hmm. But she's okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that when Marjorie was the name of her friend, correct? Yes. I was really hoping that when Marjorie went over to the tent, it was going to be like, <laughs> she died the next day or something like <laughs> succumbed to her injuries. <laughs> Marjorie was a horse they put down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't disqualify it, Alan. Yeah. The story may not be fully written yet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what the next day held for Marjorie. So. <laughs> that wool gets into the system, you never yeah. know. Exactly. So, what do you have anything else to add uh, before we close out this episode? I'm good, thank you. All right, well, another solid story from you, Ski. <laughs> yes, very I enjoyed nice. once again. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this episode uh, will end up on the cutting room floor, but hopefully... You know. <laughs> Not a second of it. <laughs> well, I mean, we had some odd shit in this episode. <laughs> Ski almost dying at the beginning to debate about school choice scholarships. So, I don't know. I I'll, think if you don't, if you leave it out now, people are going to be confused. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see how much of this closing we'll have to cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, so until next week, everybody, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.